Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the room or whether you're worshiping online, we have fully entered into the Christmas season. And so let's stand this morning together and lift our voices in singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. today. We welcome you, Christ, as the newborn King. Jesus, we welcome you into our hearts and into our lives and into this place today because your name is powerful. Your name brings healing. Your name brings life. And so, Lord, today over every aspect of our lives, everywhere we go, everything we do, everything we are involved with, we speak the name of Jesus into every one of those situations. Because, Lord, when we speak your name, the miraculous happens. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Move among us and do your work today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
together with us say Jesus Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is life and God you're here to move among us today you are here to make a way in our lives when there seems to be no way so Lord we call on you we invite you Holy Spirit to come in and take over do your work as we pray week after week after week that, Holy Spirit, you would just have your way in our time together this morning. Move among us. Mend hearts. Heal broken spirits today, we pray. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Come on, sing that again. You are here. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Working in this place, I worship you. I worship you. Come on, you are. Oh, and you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light is the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, and you are waymaker, miracle worker. Darkness, my God, 
During the course of that song, we sing a number of different names for Jesus. Last week, we sang a song that comes from Isaiah chapter 9, where his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his names go on and on. He is Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. Okay, so we get to that whole end of that list. His name is Jesus. His name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. But that's not the best part. The best part is, my God, that is who you are. Not somebody else's God who sits on a bookshelf. That is a statue that people pray to that he's never going to hear and he's never going to answer. My God, that is who you are. We talked a little bit. I, I don't know if I, I don't remember if I shared this in, in this room or not, but we had a service on Friday night a couple of weeks ago. And we sang the song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine, the old hymn of the church. And in some circles, I've heard, you know, debates. How dare we stake a claim on Jesus being ours? But the fact is, he is ours because he's given himself to us. So we can say without being egotistical or without being over the top, my God, that is who you are. Can we just sing that chorus again? Can we just sing that chorus again with just vocals and piano? Waymaker, miracle worker. Let's sing it together. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Come on, waymaker. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who Come on, sing it again, waymaker. Oh, and you are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who celebrate you and all that you are in us and to us and for us and through us. Everything that all of your names mean. And so, Lord, we do speak the name of Jesus into every heart and every mind, every situation, every soul held captive by depression, every, 
every fear and anxiety, dark addictions. Lord, break through strongholds, but it's not just the name of Jesus. It's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And so, Lord, we just pray today that as we continue in this service that, Lord, I just sense your Holy Spirit moving in us and maybe even speaking something to us. And so, God, today I pray that before we leave this place, that we would act on that that you have dropped in our hearts. Lord, maybe we're going to come to the altar in a few minutes and and pray and just pour our hearts out to you. Maybe we're going to pray at the prayer stations with someone. Maybe we're going to grab someone from the congregation and just bring them down to the altar with us. But, God, we want to pour our hearts out to you today and ask you to move in our homes, in our families, on our jobs, in every situation in our lives. We pray today for April and her team as they minister to our children. Father, we pray for your anointing on on every one of the teachers, on all of the children that hear the message. Open their hearts as you open our hearts in a few minutes to hear the message that Pastor Roger has to bring to us. God, we thank you for what you will do in this place. Holy Spirit, move among us, we pray. That is our prayer every time we get together. And I hope these folks don't get tired of hearing me pray that prayer because that's what, that's what we want to see. We want to see you move freely and do miraculous things in, in us in our time together. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us, whether you're in person or online. So if you are new here, again, welcome. So for those of you who are new here and you're in person, before you leave, once you go out the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see Connect Central. I keep forgetting it's not Welcome Center anymore. Connect Central used to be called Welcome Center, where, again, you can see what is going on in Christ the Cornerstone, and so you can connect with us. And for those of you online, if you are new, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And now for Connect Cards. So if you're in person, you will see at your table or at your seat Connect Cards, which we would love for you to fill out so we know that you're here today. And also you can write a prayer request because we're always praying for you here. And, of course, for those of you online, you can click the Connect Card button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And I feel like that was my shortest spiel ever. So let's check out the announcements for this week. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. We are so grateful to those of you who participated in this year's Angel Tree Ministry. The moment that we make those angels available, they are always all taken within the first day. We know that more of you would like to bless children with gifts and we are only given a small number of children. This year, we were able to bless 16 children with gifts. Thank you so much for your generosity. We are looking forward to celebrating Christmas together as a church family. Our Bear Campus will host Christmas Eve services at 7 p.m. on December 23rd and 24th. 
Our Ellesmere campus will host their Christmas Eve service on December 24th at 7 p.m. With Christmas on a Sunday this year, we have planned a special Christmas presentation that we filmed on location at the beautiful Thousand Acre Farm in Middletown. We want everyone to be able to dedicate the day to time spent with family. The program will air on our online campus on Christmas Day at 7, 9, and 11 a.m. and 7, 9, and 11 p.m. Our Ellesmere campus will have an in-person service at 11 a.m. on Christmas Day. On Saturday, December 31st at 6 p.m., our Saturday night service at the Bear Campus will be replaced with a watch night service. It will be a time for us to look back at the things that God did in us in 2022 and to anticipate what he will do in 2023. Pastor Vaughn and the Family Care Ministry team will lead this service. Then on Sunday, January 1st, we will have just one service at 9 a.m. at the Bear Campus. Our Ellesmere campus will meet for worship at 11 a.m. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. So great to see all of you here this morning, and I welcome you. I'm Pastor Roger, and it's wonderful to be together in the presence of the Lord this morning. Your singing has brought His presence among us, because when the Lord, when when the God's people sing His praises, He comes and He is present with us. And I hope you're experiencing that online too. And I greet you there also. You know, we just watched those activities, those announcements of the activities, and they are much more than just announcements that we have. Those are, those are the ways that we grow in our knowledge and our grace of Jesus Christ, and we do what Jesus tells us to do. Our mission here is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we're here. That's why you're here today, and part of that is worshiping God. And you've heard these three words before, love, serve, and engage. And the announcements that we have are all designed to, to help you remember what are those opportunities that we have to love God together and to love other people. To use our spiritual gifts, to use our abilities, our talents, to, to serve God and to serve one another. Because it's in doing that that Jesus Christ engages the world with his good message that he's given to the church to give to the world. So you are absolutely essential in us accomplishing the mission that he has for us. So I pray and I hope that, that you're each, each week you're taking opportunity and asking yourself, in what ways am I loving God this week? In what ways am I loving others? In what ways am I serving God and serving others by using all of my abilities, my gifts, and my talents for God? In what ways am I engaging the world with this wonderful message of hope, of salvation, of forgiveness, of freedom in the name of Jesus Christ? What a great message we've got to share with others. And uh, it is our job as a church to do that together. Uh, I got too excited about that part, and I can't remember where I was supposed to go next. 
Well, let's talk about giving. (laughs) Because that's also part of serving God, all of who we are. So let's remind one another of of one of the things that that Jesus teaches us out of the Scriptures uh, in being generous with others. And here's a Scripture verse I'd like us to say together from Psalm 27. Let's read this together. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. I know those are big, churchy words, but I know you're also smart enough to figure out, this is okay, this is what... This is how I do that in my life. So you've got an offering envelope on, on your table, and you've got the Connect card, and you've got the uh, other things to, to uh, remind yourself of the ways that we love, serve, and engage God. Any responses that you have to those uh, invitations can be placed in the baskets that are by the doors as you leave this morning. Let's take a moment and pray as we begin to prepare our hearts, or we continue to prepare to hear the message that God has for us today. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, all I ask, all I ask, God, is that I and we can be in your presence all of our days. Father, I pray for us to be able to do that, and I thank you that through our faith in Jesus Christ, we are. God, we pray for others who, who, who have not yet been awakened to that sense of need for you. And God, we pray for your church, not just here at Christ the Cornerstone, but down the street at Reach, down the street the other direction, and all of the other churches between here and Middletown, wherever Jesus Christ is proclaimed, God, I pray that you will strengthen your body so that we can go out from our houses of worship from, from, and realize that the temple is not the bricks and the mortar, but our bodies are the temple of you. And give us faithfulness to you and courage so that when we go out, we will be the body of Christ in this world. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us, for the opportunity that we have. Wherever we are, God, we know that through our broadcast, our reach goes around the world. We give you thanks for that. Be in every home, every car, every ear that hears this message today. Speak to us. We ask this precious name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. I don't know. Either I'm off my nut or he is. Or you are. It isn't me. Uh, maybe I left the car up at Martini's. Well, come on, Gabriel. Clarence! Clarence, Clarence. Hey, little fella. You worry me, you know. You 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 got some place to sleep? No. You don't. Huh? Well, you you got any money? No. No wonder you jumped in the river. I jumped in the river to save you, so I could get my wings. Uh oh. Somebody just made it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Made what? Every time you hear a bell rings, it means that some angel's just got his wings. Yeah. Talking about angels. So I've got a couple of angels. No, 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 no. These are not angels. Well, all right. Linda and Lynn, you are like angels often. And I thank you. But you've brought some, some, some of your friends from your household. And uh, with Lynn, uh, we've got Zena. Zena's getting very comfortable with me. Good girl. Good girl. I like it when Zena comes to the office. I, I just do this. And Zena is my friend. And I like it. And then Sammy comes to the office now and then. This is Sammy. Beautiful dog. Linda's, Linda's friend. And so we're glad Sammy's here. I brought them here. Now, oh my gosh. They're both getting very, very comfortable. Sammy is sitting right on my foot. All right. All right. Can't, no, I, I can't move. Um, so we put, we hold our pets with these things called what? Leash. Another name for it is a lead or a guide. And, and does it hurt the dog to have a guide? No. It's helpful for the dog to have a guide. And, and Sammy has been trained for a while to be uh, a service dog because Linda, at one point in her life, needed some help with her, uh, with her strength and with her abilities. And so she got Sammy in order to partly train him, but also she learned that she was the one who was being trained. And just in the process of training Sammy, oh, I didn't say that right, did I? <laughs> you, you, you got stronger. You, you, you received healing. And, and uh, you, you were, you, your life was changed because of the lead, and you were leading him, but in the process, he was bringing healing to you. And, and Zena is so much a very part of, of, of Lynn's life as well, too. But they need to be led. And that's my point. I just had them up here so you could say, oh, aren't they cute? All right. Last, um, this morning, they're doing very well. Last night, you know how dogs greet each other. So we got that out of the way last night. So that was all nice. Anyway, thank you guys for sharing. And I know all of you pet owners, you're all, you're, oh, I wish he'd called me. <laughs> and, and, and maybe someday we'll have, have, have some kind of event where we all Wouldn't that be mayhem? Everybody bring your pets. And, did you ever watch the, 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 the British television show, The Vicar of Dibley? Hilarious television show. But it's a story about this priest, a female priest in England who gets appointed to this little uh, uh, country church. And uh, she decides to invite all the animals to the church this tiny little church that's only, you know, not even half the size of, of this room. And uh, they're all in there. And, of course, you've got the predators worshiping with the prey. <laughs> and God makes it work. Anyway, so we're talking about our angels. And we, we've been talking about uh, the functions of angels. And today we talk about the function of angels to, to lead and to guide we all need guidance in our lives. Where do you go when you need guidance in your life? 
What do you do? It's not a rhetorical question. Let me hear some answers. And if you're online, go ahead, uh, post, post your answer to the others who are worshiping with you online. Where do you go to get guidance when you need it? Prayer, one. Let me hear another one. Your sister. Scripture, absolutely. Something else. Got to say it loud enough so I can hear it. People you trust, your parents, yes. All these things are, are ways in which we receive guidance because we were never created to just go through this life alone. We all need guidance. At every stage of our lives, we need help in guiding us. God created us that way. We must learn. We don't know everything. I want you to repeat this after me. I don't know everything. (laughs) Now look to the person beside you and admit, I don't know everything. Now be gentle, spouses. We we don't. So now that we've humiliated, I mean, humbled ourselves to recognize that we all are in a position to to need leadership at times. Yeah, we do. Let's remember that one of the ways that God gives us that kind of guidance is through angels. Angels are not. Remember, just a little a little review. Angels are not creatures. Uh, They're part of God's creation, but they're not creatures identical to humans. They're a separate being. They're spiritual beings created by God. John's Gospel explains that angels were created by Jesus. Well, how do I say that? Why do I say that? Because in John chapter 1, John explains that Jesus was with God, it was God in the beginning. And all things were created through Him. So Jesus even created angels, all things. And angels have specific purposes. We talked two weeks ago about one of the purposes of angels, and that is to announce the good news that God has for us. Second thing we talked about last week is angels bring warnings to us. They forewarn us so that, so of, of things that we might be in danger. And remember last week we had the puppets and we, we talked about Balaam and Balaam could not see the angel that was blocking his donkey. And one of the humorous stories, in fact, we're going to look at another story of angels in a few minutes that is, I think is partly humorous in an encounter because of an angel. But before we get to that one, I want to go to the book of Matthew, which we also looked at last week. And this is really part of the Christmas story. In Matthew chapter 2, last week, we read about the angel warning Joseph and Mary that King Herod would be looking for baby Jesus in order to kill him. And you better get out of town. So because of the warning, they fled. We're going to look at the rest of that story. And in in Matthew chapter 2, verse 19, we read this. So they fled to Egypt. They went to Egypt. And verse 19 says, When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. So the angel was with them. Uh, One of the things I read about angels is that we think they fly. 
We're not sure that they can, they can fly, but, but at least they can move very quickly. There are two types of angels that do have wings, cherubim and seraphim. We know that they have wings because there's scripture that describes the cherubim and the seraphim flying. Okay, so those kinds of angels do. But there are other kinds of angels that apparently don't have wings. And angels don't normally have a physical body, but we also know that they can take take the shape of a physical body. Angels are spiritual beings. So, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up! (laughs) The message is clear, right? Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up. Now, remember this, that when God gives us a message, we've got to obey it. We've got to receive it, we've got to believe it, and we've got to act on it if we're going to receive and experience the promise or the effect of God's Word in our lives. We can't just say, oh, I believe God will do that and act as if God will not do that. We've got to act according to God's instructions if we expect to receive the effects of God in our lives. So Joseph got up. Oh, that's nice. I'm glad they're dead. We're going to stay here. He didn't do that. He got up and he went to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judah was Herod's son, Archelaus, Joseph was afraid to go there. And then, after being warned in another dream, he left for the region of Galilee. And so the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And this fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Now the angel guided Joseph and Mary and Jesus back to their hometown, but even then he was still guided not to Jerusalem, not to Bethlehem, but to Nazareth where it was safe for them to live. God guides us in part. We're going to talk about other ways that He guides us through His angels. I want to look at another scripture, this one from the book of Acts. This is, this is a time after Jesus had, had, had been crucified. He had, he had died. He had risen from the grave. He had spent 40 days uh, uh, with his, his disciples, and after which He ascended into heaven. And ten days after that, God sent His Holy Spirit upon His apostles on the day of Pentecost. And then all kinds of things are happening through the body of Christ in His disciples. So in Acts chapter 12, we read this story. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial. I'm going to back up and tell you a little bit of information that we're not reading here. This happened during the time of the Passover. That's important. That's in the verses just before verse 6. And, and so uh, James, now there are two disciples named James. One of them was killed by Herod. And Herod noticed that the, peop- the, the, the Jewish people in Israel were very pleased because Herod killed the disciple James. So Herod decided, okay, if this pleases the people, uh, the, the Jewish people, then I'm going to take Peter too. And put him in prison. 
and I may kill him too. That certainly was the implication. So the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. He was fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Now, the indication here is that this is a, this is a serious criminal. This is a, this is a national threat, threatening national security. This is where we put, this is uh, maximum security prison. <laughs> I guess that's what we call it. Fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Earlier in, the, in, in verses 4 and 5, it says that, that they placed four squads of guards to guard Peter. What was the deal? It's just this one man. He's just telling about Jesus. Why does he need four squads, that's hard for me to say, of guards, two chains, two guards right beside him? Well, let's hear what happens. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Verse 7 says, Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him, said, Quick, get up! The chains fell off his wrists. And the angel said to him, Get dressed! I love that. Don't go out looking like that. Get dressed. Put on your sandals, and now put on your coat. He's getting ready. Getting ready for something. Just like we all did this morning to come to church. We didn't just hop out of bed and come to church in our pajamas. He says, get dressed, put on your sandals, put on your coat, and follow me. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time Peter thought it was a vision. I'm dreaming. Wake up. He started pinching himself. (laughs) He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed through the first, they passed through the second guard posts. They came to the iron gate leading out into the city. This iron gate opened all by itself. So they passed. Started, passed through and started walking down the street. We're just walking. Quick! Get your sandals on. Get your clothes on. Get your coat on. Let's get out of here. We're going to walk right past these. And then they just mosey on down the street. So they passed through the starting, walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Now Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. I am not sleeping. <laughs> the Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark where many were gathered together for prayer. Prayer. We've got to pray, church, all the time. And and when things are happening, God's people are praying. And Peter knocked on the door on the gate. And the servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. I'm picturing Sheldon Cooper. Rhoda. 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 (laughs) 
Rhoda comes to the door and opens it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she didn't open the door. She just ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. I was like, Peter's at the door. What do I do? We're going to leave him sit out there. He has just fled prison. The guards will be looking for him. We're going to make him stand outside in the door, outside the door, just a little bit longer. They looked at Rhoda and they said, you're out of your mind. When she insisted, they decided, yeah, it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. So he motioned for them to quiet down. Shh! And he told them, the Lord has led me out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened. And then he went to another place. He's traveling. He didn't go into the house and hide in one of the rooms. He was free. Free people don't hide. That's a good word. And at dawn, there was a great commotion. (laughs) A great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him. And when he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards and sentenced them to death. You failed. There's no firing here. You're done. And after Herod left Judea to stay in then, Herod left Judea to stay in Caesarea for a while. We know that Caesarea, the coastal city, was Herod's vacation spot. (laughs) So the king goes on vacation. Well, we all need a vacation. (laughs) So some observations about this story. Uh, I think you've probably gotten most of these things. This was, as I mentioned earlier, this was during Passover, the highest celebration of, of the Jewish people throughout the year. There were four squads of soldiers. There were heavy dual chains. I'm thinking Herod did not want another crucifixion and another resurrection like they had last year. I don't know how many years passed from Jesus' death and resurrection to this death, to to this experience. It could have only been one year, maybe two years. We have no idea. But they weren't going to have another incident that embarrassed them. But this is pretty embarrassing for them. I also notice that in this story, Peter is fast asleep. He is out. We read that this, this amazing light, this bright light came. He slept through that. Usually if somebody turns on a light in my bedroom, I'm a little bit annoyed. Turn that light out. But he stayed asleep until the angel came over to him. Now I have instructions when I get up in the morning and I have to leave the house before Carolyn is up. I, I am to gently kiss her on the cheek. Sometimes I just kiss her somewhere around this pillow because it's dark. And, and I don't quite get her cheek. But my instruction is, do not wake me up. But she wants to know that I did kiss her before I left. So i got to find that tricky place between letting her know that I love you and I'm leaving 
and doing so much that she wakes up and she's awake for the rest of the morning before she wants to get up. Peter was asleep. The angel didn't go over to him and say, Oh, Peter. Hey, hey, Peter. Uh-uh. The Bible says, and this is, this, is the, this is the sense of the word, he struck him. Whack! Peter, get up! we got stuff to do. Let's do it. He was struck. He was not tapped. He was not gently stricken. He was not gently awakened. He seemed confused. Wouldn't you? He thought it was a vision. Is this real? Sometimes when God does things in our lives, we're wondering, is this real? Can this be? And the angel led Peter past the two sets of guards through the iron gate that opened all by itself. How many guards? Were the guards really sleeping after this bright light? After this noise? After they took the time to get dressed? After they walked through here? There had to be somebody to notice. I am convinced that George Lucas has read the Bible. Where else would he get his Jedi mind trick idea to put into the Star Wars movies? Hmm, what you are looking for is not here. <laughs> Peter walked right past him with the angel. The, the gate opened all by itself. And they walked through. Beautiful stories. God cares for you just as much as God cares for Peter. God has a message that is never meant to be imprisoned. God has a message of salvation, of freedom, of forgiveness, of peace that is not to be kept inside. It is to be released. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the good message of Jesus Christ. Why? Because, he says, that message of Jesus Christ is the power of God for the salvation of everyone in the world. Church, brothers and sisters, whether you're in the room or you're online, this is our task. This is the message that we have. Do not hide it. Do not keep it. Jesus said, don't hide your light under a bushel. You're not hiding your light. You're hiding His light. Who are you to hide the light of God in this world? We've got a message to tell. Let's tell it. And we're at Christmas time. People, people who don't normally come to church come to church at Christmas. And so many of us just need an invitation. And God has certainly given you an invitation, something to invite somebody to. Well, we all need guidance. Thank you, God, for giving us these powerful illustrations of guidance in our lives. But this is not the only way that God guides us. This is probably the most unusual way that God guides us. The more usual ways that God guides us, you've already named them when I asked you. Where do you go for guidance? We go to prayer. 
We go to God directly. And that's only because of Jesus. And and, and that was the first answer I heard, because you are such great churchy people. Woohoo! I watched a video in preparing for this sermon asking, oh, I don't know, 20, 30-something-year-olds off the street, where do you go for when you need guidance? They did not list prayer number one. It wasn't even on their list. I go to friends. I go deep inside myself for guidance. Now, there's a dangerous place to go. (laughs) So we go to God. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us when we allow ourselves to, to talk to and to listen to the Holy Spirit. When you're praying, be quiet sometimes. Make sure you're giving yourself time to just Let God place in your mind the thoughts that God wants to place there. And if you're constantly thinking about the next thing, you're thinking about this person, you're begging with God to do this, just shut up. Give yourself time for God to speak to you. You've got plenty of time to tell God what you need, which is what you're supposed to do in prayer also. Don't forget to listen to God. We go to the Bible, as you've said. God has clearly given us instructions in the Bible how to live life. I said earlier, you've got to act on what God tells us to do on the message that He gives us if you expect to receive the life that God describes in the Scripture. You've got to follow His instructions. God also gives us a conscience. He places within each human being the ability to determine, to have a sense of what's right and wrong, what's just and what's unjust. We see that all the time in every human being. Children, we've got beautiful Nolan over here. Nolan has already got a sense of when he has been wronged. And he's learning to use his voice to say something's wrong in my britches. This is not supposed to be there. (laughs) Get it out. Sorry, I'll stop describing. I'm a farm boy. It always goes there, right, Pastor Farm? Mm. God has created us to be able to... Now, we 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 can train our consciences to the point that we no longer hear God. And that's dangerous. We need to be careful with that. And we go to others. We go to trusted friends. We get together in in groups of people. We pray together with others. Do not forsake getting together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is a great gathering here, but this is not all that you need in the body of Christ. This is a corporate gathering of us. But you need an intimate gathering. You need trusted friends that you can say, I'm having a tough time. Last staff meeting, we went around the table and and I asked this question, how is it with your soul? We need people to ask that question. And when that question is asked of us, we need to be able to risk telling the truth. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. This is how we get guidance. The Bible, through our conscience, 
through other people, through God Himself, the Holy Spirit. And now and then, God sends an angel to us. Last Wednesday, at our Hope Lunch, I want to make an invitation. We need to increase the number of people who, who, who receive a blessing on Wednesday Wednesdays at 11 o'clock. We have a lunch here every week. Did you know that? And it's open to anyone who comes. And if you, 11 o'clock, we, we gather right here in the celebration room. Uh, we have a, a brief devotional led by one of our staff. And, and uh, then we have communion together. Did you know we serve communion at Christ the Cornerstone every week? If you're used to having communion every week, come Wednesday. We'll serve you communion. And then we have lunch together. No cost. And then, and then one of the purposes of the Hope Lunch is to give people hope. And so there are some people who come to the Hope Lunch. They don't come on the weekends. Their service is on Wednesday at 11 o'clock. And when they go home, if they need a bag of groceries, that's what our food pantry is for. But you don't have to go home with a bag of groceries if you don't need a bag of groceries. It's a time for the church to come together and be the church. And for the folks that come to that, this is their church. And so on Wednesday, Lisa was there, and she gave me permission to share her story. She was traveling in Minnesota many years ago with a friend, and her friend I don't know. She, I don't remember. She said where they were going, but they were traveling, and they, they got caught in a blizzard. And driving as slowly as they could, they still got off the road and slid into the ditch. And they're stuck all night through the blizzard. They hunkered down. They 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 got the blankets, their their emergency kit that they had in the car, which is what you have in the north. <laughs> don't go any place without it. They covered with blankets. They turned the car on every uh, once, maybe five, ten minutes every hour as they went through the night just so that they would have enough heat to survive. In the morning, the sun rose. The sky was clear. Lisa said, we need to get help. Nobody has found us yet. I'm going to get out and see what's there. Her friend was unable to walk through the snow, so she knew that she had to leave her friend there and try to go get help. She got out of the car and she looked this way and she looked that way and all she saw at first was acres, hundreds of acres of white, thick snow. But far in the distance over here, there was a farmhouse. And then she looked over this way and there's a farmhouse on that end of the road. Maybe a half a mile each direction. Okay, I'm going to have to take a hike. So she bundled up. She told her, prepared her friend, got her friend all bundled up in the car and said, I'm going to go over there. But I don't know which way to go. I need some guidance. She prayed, God, which way do I go? And at that time, she looked over at this house over here. And here was a triple rainbow. Which way do I go? I think I'll go to the rainbow. Now, what, being, a, being, a, being a farmer, knowing some things, you know, rainbows are created when there's... I, I'm saying it was a snowbow because <laughs> it was cold. It wasn't going to rain. But it doesn't matter. God can put a rainbow wherever God wants to put a rainbow. And if God... Maybe, maybe it was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, each of them making their own rainbow. That's why it was a triple rainbow. 
Well, she didn't analyze it. She just started walking in that direction. (laughs) Good for her. She finally got closer to the house. The lady in the house saw Lisa walking up the driveway or down the road, and she opened up the door and called out, Come on, get in out of the weather. And Lisa told her, My friend is still in the car. We're over there. We need to call for some help. And so they called for help. And while they waited, she gave her something to eat. The rescuers got to there, and they, they, they... They got their friend out of the car and they got him all back into the house and they were sitting there eating, warming up, getting coffee or or eating. And the woman said, what made you come to this house instead of the other one? So Lisa told her. And the woman said, well, that's a good thing because my neighbors are in Florida for the winter and nobody's home. God will guide you. Trust Him. Jesus came to save our lives. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give it abundantly. We've got to follow. We've got to be open. We've got to confess our own sinfulness. We've got to recognize that we each have lost our way to God. And we need Jesus to bring us back. Let's let that be our prayer this morning. And I invite you to open yourself. Say, Jesus, I messed up. Or maybe maybe you've made this decision a long time ago and you're saying, Jesus, I still messed up. Please forgive me. pray that this morning. I wish you would tell me. If you do, (laughs) I would love to pray with you. Or somebody else would love to pray with you. You can say it online or you can tell us afterward. Whatever. But let's let's stand together as as we sing, as the team leads us in a song. And that's my invitation to you this morning to, to, to ask yourself, am I following God's guidance? What do I need? Talk to Jesus. You can come here at the platform and kneel here or stand here and pray alone if you want. Or you can go to the back uh, by the Christmas trees to our prayer stations and somebody will be glad to, to pray with you about whatever you need. So let's pray together.
thank you for all the ways that you blessed us. Lord, all the things that we can count and that we can't even count. We can't even, we don't even know. We don't remember. We didn't realize. But God, you've delivered us and you've guided us. Sometimes through angels, sometimes through others, sometimes through your word. But God, you guide us. You put up guardrails in our lives to protect us and keep us safe. And we thank you for that. As we go today, We're going to continue to worship here for a few minutes. When you need to go, you can go. The altar area is still open to pray. Folks still at the prayer station. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us.